welcome to the Destination Begin podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. I've lost over 250 pounds. I've started my life over multiple times and managed to find humor, lessons, and joy in the process. And now I'm here sharing those stories with you. Thanks for joining me. Hi, hi. Welcome to the episode. This week, I have been posting five-minute motivational podcasts every single day. I don't know if you've seen them, but they're pretty amazing. I have had a fire in my belly for a long time to just speak. I um, I read every day, I meditate, and I encourage myself with truth. And so many times I just get so inspired and I have this amazing message for myself that I want to get out there. And then I forget about it or I make a note to do a podcast episode and then it doesn't happen. And I just felt this urge to just just do it. Just record it. Just put it out there. And um, I've been doing it and it's been a really good for my discipline because um, I need to be consistent with these things that I love to do. And B, I have been motivating my own self in a deeper way. When I read, when I journal, I'm looking for a nugget for myself so that I can turn around that and put it out here in the podcast. So if you are not listening to these, I do them early in the morning and they're designed to encourage you. They're designed to motivate you. They're designed um, They're designed to get you off on a good start and to give you something to ponder. So if you haven't listened to any of those, I really encourage you to go back and listen to all of them. They're only about five minutes each. And I started a week ago Monday. So I think there's 11 of them now. And they're just going to keep piling up because I'm doing it. I have a message to share and I am not going to stay silent anymore. So take a listen and if you like them, send them to people. This is what people don't understand. We go through our days so busy and so bogged down and there aren't very many positive voices that get through. And if you hear one of these and you think, gosh, my friend needs to hear this, send it to them. It's super easy just to put the link in a text and say, hey, take five minutes and listen to this. And I this is why I do it. I don't get paid for this. All right. Like I do not get anything out of this. It's just from my gut, from my heart, putting it out there. I want it to land well. So if something lands well with you, please share it. We need more positivity and more reminders of truth and empowerment to combat the crap that's out there. So, all right, that's your commercial. I didn't mean to start that way, but here we are. Um, life update. I always start my podcast with a life update. I have so many new Instagram followers because I had a reel that went kind of sort of viral. And so if you're new to my podcast, welcome. If you're new to following me, welcome. And I hope that you will interact with me. I have such a problem dealing with the fact that so many people listen to this podcast and I don't know who you are. Some people reach out regularly, which I love. I get good feedback from, uh, I don't know, maybe like 10 or 12 people on a regular basis. But there's tens of thousands of listens. Who are you? (laughs) So if you listen, I would just love if you just said, hi, I'm just a person sitting in my house. Like some people listen to a podcast and they imagine it's a production and you're not a real person or something weird. I'm just a person in, I'm talking into my phone sitting in my office, which is a mess. There's laundry right there. And my dog is licking my foot. Why is he licking my foot? It's just a person. And then when you say something to me, I'm going to be like, oh my God, that's amazing. Thank you for saying hi. I'm just a person. We are all just people doing our thing. Like now if you're Ed Milet and you listen to his podcast and you send him a message, he's probably not going to respond to you. But I will because I'm not Ed Milet. I never will be Ed Milet. Do you know why? There's only one Ed Milet. 
We don't need two. We don't need Kristen Milet. And I mean that he already has a Mrs. Milet, but you know what I mean? We just need a Kristen Smith and an Ed Milet and uh, everybody else. So life has been interesting. I haven't done much of a life update on here in a little bit. I never did talk about Athens. I talked a lot about leading up to going to Athens and the great, you know, shirt um, pooping in the woods thing. I talked a lot about it, but I never did an episode about Athens. My goal was to do it with Roy and have him on the podcast. But you know what? I've run out of patience. I'm going to talk about it today. Um, I'm not going to do a full episode about it, but I'm going to talk about it because it was an epic, amazing experience. And um, well, it was just, there was a lot going on. So just to recap, if you've not listened to any, sorry for the change in audio, Gus, Gustavo, my little cavachu needed to be on my lap right now. So he's on my lap now. So now we can talk. So um, my friend Danny, um, good friend, boot camper, uh, client of mine, um, amazing body transformation, by the way. If you follow me on Instagram, you've seen his picture, but um, he decided to go and run the marathon in Athens. He's a pilot and he was in Athens and he saw um, that this like, I can never say it right, Panatheic Stadium um, has these blocks, like the first, second and third place cement blocks there. And he found out that they still run the path of the original marathon from the town of Marathon, Greece, into that spot every year, which is the path of the first marathon. The reason a marathon is called a marathon is because this runner ran from the town of Marathon into Athens to deliver a message, and then he died. It was 42.195 kilometers, so every year they have a marathon, and you can run that original course. So 12,000 people sign up to run this. And he's like, I think I'm going to do it. I don't have much time to train, but I want to do it. And I'm like, that's great. If you want to do it, you should do it. And then Roy, who has never run more than a 5K, was sitting here and he goes, man, that'd be so cool. <sighs> that'd be so cool. You think I could do that? I said, absolutely, you can. Absolutely, you can. You don't have much time to train, but I mean, I've done marathons. Like you could train up fast. I mean, it'll hurt. <laughs> But anybody can run a marathon. You really can, especially if you have enough time that you can run walk if you need to. So but long story short, the three of us decided to sign up and run this marathon. So Danny had already signed up. We went to sign up and we found out it was sold out. And I'm like, well, I guess it's not meant to be. We're not going to run the marathon. Oh, well, I was secretly relieved. I didn't want to actually run this marathon. I've run two marathons. I'm done. I'm not a runner anymore. I've let that identity go, but they wanted to do it. I was going to do it. But when we found out we couldn't do it, I'm like, oh, you know, the death of a vision. Let's just find something else. It's so sad. So about, I don't know, 10 days went by and Danny had not taken this no. He sent an email to the race people. Hi, my friends couldn't register. I want them to run. And he told us this and I'm like, they're not going to care. They get 12,000 people. They're going to be like, too bad, so sad. But no. 10 days later, we get a message that we are registered, that we can register, that they'd be happy to have us. So, okay, now we've lost 10 days of training and we have even less time. So we had a little over seven weeks to train for the marathon. We booked our flights. You guys, flights from Miami direct into Athens, $503. $503. Do you know how much it costs for me to fly from Miami 
to Minneapolis next week for Christmas? Over $700. It costs more to go to a horrible place like Minnesota than it does to go to the amazing city of Athens. You tell me that this world has lost its mind? There's your proof. There's your proof. Whatever. It was great for us. And we traveled with daddy, so we were able to like get Airbnbs and stay together. So anyway, we trained up for the marathon. I talked about it here. And then it was time to go run the marathon. Now, leading up to the marathon, I got injured. My hip or my back or something was messed up. I couldn't even walk. So I had to stop training after our 15-mile run. And so I was like, I'm not going to be able to run. Again, I'm not that heartbroken. <laughs> I didn't really want to do it. But whatever. So, but a week before we left, my pain went away. And I had no pain, but I wasn't going to push it by running. So I'm like, I'm just going to show up. I'm going to do the run. It's going to be what it's going to be. If I'm going to get injured again and not be able to run, I would rather have that happen on the marathon than try to do a training run and not even be able to start. So um, anyway, we left here. Um, Danny's a pilot, so he didn't fly with us. He was able to just, just hop on for free on any flight that he wanted. Oh, and then butter up the flight attendants with chocolate so he got a first-class seat so he could sleep in a bed on the airplane, like some kind of royalty. We're still a little, little salty about that as we're, like, crammed into coach. My six-foot-three-inch, um, said husband, boyfriend, crammed into coach, for a 11 billion hour flight and Danny is sending us pictures. Hey, I'm on my flight. It worked. I got first class. Yes, yeah, suck it, Danny. Anyway, uh, it wasn't that bad. So we, we had a layover in London. We got to London. They had canceled our next flight and booked us on one like 15 hours later. <laughs> well, um, we, we didn't let that stand. We called our pilot friend Danny and we're like, Daddy. And he is able to look in the system and see that there was another flight that we could, if we were really nice, get on. So we were able to get on that, but we still had like a five-hour layover in the London airport. Now, we were on 75 hard. So we had to do, during this whole trip, we had to do two workouts a day, 45 minutes each. One indoors, one outdoors, or two outdoors, whatever, but one had to be outdoors. And because of the timing of the flights and the layover and all of that, we had to do um, a workout in the airport on our layover because we were going to get into Athens so late we couldn't do it when we landed like we had planned. We already did our outdoor one before we left. And so we just thought, okay, well, we have one more workout. Um, so we had no choice. We were so tired. Um, but we found this empty gate area. You know, like there was no, there's no departures there. We set up our, our phone with an interval timer. I wrote out a quick interval workout for us to do and we changed into workout clothes and in the corner in the airport we started to do this workout and it was 45 minutes and at about 20 minutes in a bunch of gate agents came to the gate that we were working out at and started setting up and then gradually passengers started coming and filling up the seating area and they're all staring while we were doing jumping jacks push-ups burpees lunges squats skater lunges plank just in the airport and I was like, I can't do this. I'm so embarrassed. I mean, I'm a coach, but like, I'm not about making a spectacle in a public place like that. It looked like we were just like showing off. And Roy's like, no, 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 we are finishing this. Don't look at them. Don't look at them. Just don't make eye contact. And he had had to do an airport workout before. So he had like lived through this and I was mortified. But, and we're sweating, pouring sweat. Well, we finished. 
people around were like, oh, whoa, that was amazing. And they say stuff and like the pilot came to get on the flight that was loading by us. And like, you know, they're making jokes about how they should be doing that and how amazing we are. And I'm like dying. So, but we got it done because we made a commitment and we did it. So went to the bathroom, like toweled off a little bit, changed into a sundress, you know, so that it's so sweaty and we're pretty pleased. I mean, that was actually kind of a good feeling and it was very bonding with Mr. Roy. So anyway, then we flew into Athens. We got in kind of late um, and then we Ubered into our apartment. So Danny's a pilot, so he just knows his way around all of these cities. He goes in abroad all the time on flights. So he had gotten us this really great spot. So it's an, a VRBO. It's a two-bedroom, two-bathroom apartment. And the view outside of the bedroom that we were staying in was the Acropolis. Just right there. There's the hill with the Acropolis. Just right there. Like laying in bed, I look down, there's my toes. Above my toes is a window with the Acropolis. I'm like, how is this my life? It is never going to get old the glee and the thrill that happens in my life all the time. I live at the beach and I I found myself in a bed looking out the window at something I've only ever seen in National Geographic magazine as a kid and on TV. I don't even really know why it's cool at this point. It's just like, whoa, I've seen that before. That's the thing. That's the big thing that's here in this town. That's the thing that everybody knows about. And it's right there. I... Never imagined I'd be there. It was just overwhelming. Every single time I got in bed those few days we were there in Athens, it was like holy buckets. So we arrived on a Thursday, I think it was. No, we were, yeah, we arrived on a Thursday night. And then Friday, Danny, again, because he's amazing with all this stuff, he had arranged for us to get up early and go catch a flight and go spend the day in Santorini. So again, little Christy is going to Santorini. What? So we went to the airport. Um... You know, the one thing that Danny learned on a trip with Kristen is that he under, he, he, he didn't understand what it was to be a coffee drinker. He would say, yeah, I'm a coffee drinker. Now he knows what a coffee drinker is because he spent a week with one. I'm a coffee drinker. Danny had challenged me in October to give up coffee for a whole month. Give up coffee Britney Spears music and the color pink because those are the things I love most in life and I said all right hold my beer I'll do it you give me a challenge I'm doing it as much as I hate this I'll do it it was about three days in when I said you know what I'm not giving up Britney Spears and pink because those are not vices those are just how my soul expresses glee and I'm not I'm taking Britney and pink back and he agreed but I said I'm gonna stay off coffee because I want to prove that I can do it and coffee has a very strong hold on my life so I made it 10 days and then I looked at Danny. I said, you know what? I can do it. I no longer choose to. My life is so bleh without coffee. Yeah, I have gone to tea. It's not that I went off caffeine. Coffee brings me so much glee and happiness. I love the flavor. I love the ritual. I just love my life with coffee in it. And I don't really care that I quote unquote failed your challenge. I did 10 days. I felt good. I'm taking coffee back. And now after traveling with me for a week, he understands what he had asked of me. Because, you know, we got up in the morning, made coffee. Went to the airport, had coffee. Mm, our flight's going to take off soon. It's probably time to get another coffee. Oh, oh, here's our flight. We got to get on the plane. We need to get a couple coffees to bring on the plane. It's an hour-long flight. Here, you hold my coffee. 
And then on the flight, oh, do you have coffee? Awesome. Danny says to the flight attendant, I don't want coffee. I said, yes, you do. <laughs> so he learned, ah, I always say yes to coffee and then I always give it to Kristen, just like Roy does. Anyway, so we flew, it was like less than an hour of a flight to Santorini, rented a car, and we proceeded to have one of the most epic days. First of all, we paint the picture for you. We get into this rental car, Danny's driving, we're loading up all of the Bluetooth and the maps, and Danny's been there before, so he kind of knew where to where to go and what was cool and all that. So we start driving. And I'm in the back seat. I hooked up my phone so I could play some music for us. And I, I hadn't really found a playlist yet. I was, was kind of looking around on my phone. But it just started playing. So we're driving up this mountainous road. And on the right is the water. This beautiful water. The color blue. That There's no words to describe it. And puffy clouds. Sailboats. This winding road. It's sunny, and Etta James, at last, my love has come along, starts playing, you know, this beautiful song, and Danny was driving, and we all kind of start singing along, and then Danny starts crying, and he's like, I'm so glad I'm here with you guys, this is so beautiful, and he's shamelessly crying, so then I start tearing up, and it's this cheesy emotional moment of like oh my god we love each other <laughs> I couldn't see Rory's face because he was in the front seat I don't know if he was emotional or teary but it's a moment on that trip that trip was so epic but that moment I will just never forget what it looked like and how it felt and then just how it was sweet and also funny that we're just like I love you guys anyway it was lovely. So we just drove around and we um, found a little town to get breakfast. We ordered this breakfast platter. It was this giant platter covered in eggs and ham and bread. And we found out that that like um, sausages, they're hot dogs. You Like you order a sausage here, you get like pork sausage. There it's just hot dogs. But anyway, we had a big old breakfast and some coffee. And then we just spent the day driving from town to town those, you know, the iconic photos of Santorini with the white buildings, with the blue dome on the church. There was no one around because busy season had just ended. A lot of places were closed for the season. It was kind of cold. It was like, I don't know, in the 60s. So jackets and it wasn't terrible. The sun was warm, but it was like walking through a ghost town. It was quiet. There was no one around. We could just walk. And apparently during the busy season, it's wall to wall people in a lot of those areas. But we spent the day exploring, looking at the water. We would just, we started climbing these steps that are like iconic. I don't know. I don't, I didn't like read up any of the stuff. I'm terrible this time. I was just following along. But climbing up these stairs and on one side is the beautiful bluest water. And on the right are these white bleached buildings. And the contrast is stunning. If you've seen photos of Santorini, you know what I'm talking about. I'm like, I can't believe that I am here right now. It was amazing. And we just wandered and chatted and enjoyed the view and took fun photos. And we spent the whole day doing that. It was amazing. So then we flew back to Athens um, and got back to our Airbnb. And um, the next day was packet pickup. So we had to um, go to this big arena. And if you've ever done a race, packet pickup pick is a super big event. I love packet pickup. It's typically just this huge arena or something like that and you go and you find your name and you pick up your packet that's got your bib with your timing chip um 
and just make sure everything is all, you know, make sure your timing chip works and you've got your packet. And then before you can leave, they weave you through all of these vendor booths. So vendors of sporting goods, um, workout gear, running clothes, of course, all kinds of authentic marathon um, logo emblem gear, protein companies, supplements, all this stuff. And so it was, I love them anyway, but this one was extra cool because everything, it was companies that hadn't heard of. You know, they're like, a lot of times these packet pickups, they'll be small companies that are trying to get their name out there with their own new version or their new clothing line or something. And so these were all brands I'd never heard of with the coolest stuff. I didn't buy anything like that, but it was fun to look at. And then protein supplement companies with samples of protein bars and pro- protein powders, which was cool because they they ban a lot of crap in their products over there that they let here. So to try all these products that tasted really good that had way less crap in them, of course, I couldn't read the label, but packet pickup was super fun. And so all this trip, we've been carrying a backpack when we go for a walk with the three of us. So we, we'd have one person carrying a backpack for water bottles and jackets and stuff. And so Danny had volunteered to carry the backpack. And our packets came in backpacks. And um, then we bought a bunch of stuff as we're going through. You know, Danny and I were buying protein bars and Roy was getting a shirt and all this stuff. And so Danny was very oblivious. Danny is like our little brother, by the way. This turned into like, he's older than us, but like, He's just like, it, we're just uh, the three musketeers, but we like to screw around with Danny because he has such a great sense of humor and he can be a little oblivious to the fact that we're totally screwing with him. So as we're walking through packet pickup, he's got a backpack and we just started clipping additional backpacks in bags to the backpack. So as he's walking through throngs of people, he's got like five backpacks hanging off his back and he's like, la da da, he's happy as a clam, has no idea what's going on. We just keep clipping bags and bags onto him until finally he figured it out. And then in Danny's Danny style, he just got a kick out of it and did a little dance. But anyway, that was my main memory from Pack Up Pickup. Um, something pivotal happened. The upstairs of Packet Pickup was all kinds of other cities around the world there advertising their marathon. And guess who was there? The city of Rome. The city of Rome has a marathon in March. It's a beautiful flat course that ends in the Colosseum. Come on. How can you not want to do that? So we're talking to them. I'm like, all right, guys, let's do it. That's going to be our next one. So we just kind of jokingly agreed. Yeah, let's do Rome. It's awesome. I'll do a marathon in epic places all around the world the rest of my life. So, so cool. Let's do it. So anyway, um, we got back to our Airbnb and all of a sudden there was a problem. This place was like, it was a really great place. Um, but the hot water was a boiler and about 10 minutes before you needed to take a shower, you had to push a button to turn the boiler on. So you'd have hot water. So we get back and push the button and go in the kitchen, test. There's no hot water. There's no hot water. There's no hot water. So for some reason, we're not getting any hot water. So, um, Danny called the guy that was in charge of the VRBO and was like, Hey, the hot water is not working. And he's like, I don't know what's going on. It was not helpful. And Danny's like, well, you know, I can probably take a look at the boiler. So Danny proceeds to pull this like crawl space open, pull a ladder down. Roy's holding a ladder. Danny's climbing up into the ceiling. He's on the phone. Then he's like, yeah, I'm just going to go up on the roof. So he opens the door. He climbs up on the roof. He's coming in from the roof and back into our place over and over again on the phone, determined to fix the, bro- the boiler. There was some short 
Reynard just starting to laugh because he just keeps coming in and out, in and out. We're like, dude, just tell the guy to have send someone or put us in a different place. This is not your job. Nope, he's going to fix the boiler. And fix it, he did. So we gave him a lot of grief and it was really funny, but hey, we had hot showers, which was really important. Not necessarily the night before a marathon, but we were just envisioning coming home from the marathon, not being able to take a hot shower. That would have been hell. So that was kind of our little adventure. So the marathon was on Sunday. It was super cold when we got up to go and we knew that it would be. So we had brought extra layers of clothes to wear that we could just like throw away, like just throw. They do that at races. You shed your outer layer and then they come along and pick it up and donate it to charity. So we just bundled up and we just figured, okay, we'll just discard this stuff. But it couldn't have worked out more perfectly because we just basically had to, in the morning, go to this one like stop and they had buses because the town of Marathon is obviously 42.195 kilometers from Athens because that's the course of the marathon. We were staying very close to the finish line. So um, hop on this bus with all these people all bundled up and sitting on the bus and we're like, oh my gosh, we are on our way to start a marathon. This is crazy. I was nervous because I really didn't think I'd be able to run at all. I had no idea what my day was going to be. I hadn't run in weeks and I had only done half the training. And the guys, they trained up pretty well, but they both have bad knees and have never done this before. But we're on the bus and we're talking and I don't remember what we were talking about. But the guy in front of us turned around and he's like, oh my gosh, are you from Minnesota? Because I must have said something about Minnesota. And yes. So sitting in front of me on a bus on the way to start a marathon in Athens, Greece, were, were two Minnesotans. They live in Minneapolis and they're there to run the marathon. I'm like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You guys are from Minnesota. That's basically how the convo went. But so that was cool. But the bus dropped us off and we had to get there pretty early because we were just stressed about not being there on time. But it was so cold. I mean, it was just really cold. It was like 50 and you know dark and so we had a plan we got there and we just went directly a block away or not even a block away to a coffee shop and we got hot coffee and we sat warm we're able to go to the bathroom we're able to just like chill out drink coffee have some food to get like you know some carbs in us and it was awesome we sat there for a really long time until it was time to actually start to go think about lining up so we went the the starting place was a little like um like a track an arena track in marathon so it was just so much standing around waiting just like come on let's get this thing going already and it was the, the environment was just electric it was amazing we went up to the top of the hill to look down at the track so it was a track like a running track and then in the middle were all of the starting corrals and so all these people lined up so exciting so Finally, it was time to kind of head to our corral so we could get started. And here's the thing. If you've run a marathon, you know this. If you haven't, you don't. But the the morning of the run, one of the concerns is that you need to go to the bathroom because a lot of people have a morning routine with the bathroom. So there's tons of porta potties at the beginning before you start a race. And there's porta potties on the way, but there's tons of them and the lines are insane. Uh, most guys will just run into the weeds to pee. But girls need to pee in the porta potty for the most part. But then most people want to use them for the number twos. So the lines are long and it smells really bad. And then you're just, but you're trying to like, okay, I want to do this before I start running. So I wasn't worried about that, but I did want to pee one more time. So I'm like, all right, we got to line up for the porta potty. Well, there were people 
that were going up, running up the side of the hill there into the woods and just going number one or number two. And they were trying to hide behind bushes, but there were people who were not hiding. There are some mental images that are burned in my brain forever of like, oh my gosh, what did I just see? It was so awful. And then we get to line up for the porta potties because I'm not, you know, I already had to handle that stuff before on my training run. So we're waiting in line for these porta potties and the line is taking forever. And I notice nobody is going into the one on the end. I'm like, I wonder if people just don't know that that one is empty. So Danny's like, I'm going to go check. Well, I'm so glad I didn't check. Because there was a good reason why that one was not being used. So then it was fun to stand there and just watch person after person go open the door and go, oh, and then like turn around. It's like, yeah. Anyway, that again, burned in my brain. So we got lined up. We went to the starting line. It's just, it's another one of those moments in life that is forever burned into my soul. The music is pumping. They're counting down. And then they say go, and every you hear the sound of the feet. Just hundreds of people right around you start running and cheering. And I look over at Roy, and he was so excited, fist pumping, and we just started running. You cross that starting mat, you hear the little beep of your chip, you hear beep, 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 beep everybody. <laughs> and then you just hear the thunder of feet. And the first 10K is just... It's exhilarating. I was able to run. Danny took off. He was running much faster than we were, so we didn't ever see him again the rest of the race, which was totally fine. Uh, but Roy and I started out together, and we just started running. And um, that first hour of that race was one of the most beautiful experiences, especially with Roy. We were just – we just started – I had asked him a question, something like, think about all the times that you quit something – and didn't go get something and think about all the times that you had pain and now contrast that with this. And we were just naming the the painful things in our life that had brought us to that moment. And just like we're both emotional and like crying and running and talking and just sharing in the beauty of the moment. It's like all the training falls away, the pain in the knee and the hip and all these things. And you're just there breathing heavy and you hear the sound of all these feet and you're in this epic place doing this epic hard thing and just noticing being alive and having gratitude for everything that brought us to that moment, which for both Roy and me, we've been through pain, not the same kind and not the same time, but we have both been through really hard things. But here we are running with our capable bodies in this epic place, gifted and blessed to be there. And it was, it was, it was like an imprint on my soul that is so deep. And I'm so grateful for that. And then after 10K, it kind of got quieter. People spread out. We kind of settled in and it started to get a little hot. So I had been like bundled up. So we shut all of our extra clothes and all of that and just kind of settled in to run. And then we kind of noticed, you know, this hill we've been on for a while, it's kind of keeps going. And up around that corner up there, it still looks like it's going. It's going. And basically, this marathon was all uphill. There was a couple little flat stretches, but the first person who ever ran this course to deliver the message died. And all of a sudden, it was like, oh, there's a big fat reason why he died. This is hell. 
This is horrible. This is hard. Holy crap balls. I mean, it was so hard, you guys. And I mean, I know that we should have known. I know that they told us and they showed us these elevation maps. Who knows how to read an elevation map? What? Whatever. We live in Miami. It's flat. We didn't have a chance to train on hills anyway, so it's not like we could have done anything about it. But it was basically 18 out of the 26 miles was uphill. And it wasn't like a little hill. It was like such a hard hill that you had to walk it. So um, I kept running about halfway and then switched to a run walk. And about 15 to 17 miles, I don't know, it was all in kilometers. I just, I looked at where I'm like, I, I can't do anymore. I have to walk. I was in so much pain. My legs were in so so much pain. Walking was so painful and we were not, I mean, we weren't anywhere near being done. And his knee, same, he goes, oh my God, I'm so glad you said that. I don't think I can run anymore. I'm in so much pain. So we settled in to walk the rest of it. And it just turned into a walk with free food, like bananas, Gatorade. We're like, yeah, thanks. And um, we spent the rest of the day walking the uphill course. And it was cool because we'd go through these little towns and they'd be cheering for us. Bravo! And we'd be like, um, don't, don't bravo us. We're just walking. <laughs> but, I mean, it was, it was a really, really difficult course. And so we, um, we just spent the time talking. And it was really cool. It was very bonding. We never really get that much time to just sit and talk. And so it was a very big relationship bonding experience. This is so floofy. We had a wonderful time walking and talking and talking about the future and talking about what we want and talking about the experience and what we want next. And it was really awesome. And then we started getting toward the end and we were in even more pain, more pain, more pain. The sun starts to go down. It was funny because um, a couple of places there was music playing and one of the songs was easy like Sunday morning. And I'm like, it is a Sunday morning and this is not easy. That song is a lie. No longer can we sing easy like Sunday morning if this is what a Sunday morning is like. But Danny finished and he texted us that he had finished. And he's like, the last portion is so epic. Just get ready to bask in the most amazing experience. And he wasn't wrong. Um, the last quarter mile, we started running at the end. You run into Athens. You run past like the palace of the king or prime minister or something. And then you come in. <laughs> into the Pan Panatheic Stadium, which is this amazing restored stadium, like running track stadium. And they've got music blaring and there's people cheering. And it's this moment that we envisioned for the past seven weeks. And we grabbed hands and ran in and just the emotion, joy, crying. And the song, Love Isn't Always On Time, was playing. <laughs> And we crossed the finish line hand in hand. It was amazing. It was so powerful and emotional and romantic and amazing. And I got to just see the emotion on his face, on Roy's face. And Danny had finished so or much earlier that he was able to go in the stands and video us crossing the finish line, which we never would have had a video of that. And um, we ran a lap and just crying and being so excited. And then we got our medals and we found Danny and we got pictures and we were all talking together at the same time, super, super fast. And it was amazing. And we didn't finish last. We beat a few people. <laughs> but um, then we had to walk home. And it was like, I don't know, maybe five blocks. You've never seen anything more funny. The three of us hobbling, limping. I wasn't limping quite as bad as the boys with their knees. But agony. So much pain. I'd been in pain for so many hours. I didn't even notice it anymore. I was just like, yeah, this hurts. 
But we were, we were jubilant. We kept stopping. They had all these vendors selling nuts and stuff. I'm starving. I'm like, give me all the things. We start buying food, shoving it in my face. I bought, bought one of those gold um, like leaf laurel wreath things for my head. And um, that was one other thing. There were people handing out olive leaves while we ran. It was so amazing. So anyway, that was it. And boy, were we glad we had hot water for a shower after that. Holy buckets. Um, we were so cold, so tired, showered off, went and got some dinner and just basked and reveled in it. It was amazing. So I have a rule when I do a race, I get to wear my medal for 24 hours afterwards. So the next day we had the day to tour Athens. So very slowly and limping, we set out in the morning to have breakfast and then go see and tour the Acropolis. So we were all wearing our medals and lots of other people. There was, I mean, there's 12,000 people who ran it. We saw in the shirts and with the medals walking around sightseeing. So that was really fun to see the the Acropolis and go up there and just see the ruins. They're just magnificent and they're being restored and it makes you feel real small and it's significant in history because like history has been going on for a long time, you guys. So it was amazing. So to spend the day sightseeing in Athens, terrific. And then the next day we flew out and we had 22 hours in Madrid on our way home. So again, it was helpful to be with Danny because as a pilot, he just kind of knew where to book us a place to stay that was near a restaurant that he really wanted us to go to. So we land in Madrid. It's cold and rainy. We check into our place and then we're able to still walk a few blocks. And we went to this place. It was basically this... um giant food hall all these different vendors selling um tapas so you could just walk through there and be like "Ooh, i want some bruschetta okay buy bruschetta walk over here Ooh, i want some um some meat on a skewer i want some seafood i want some little tacos i want some sushi and we walked through there and ate dinner it was really really cool in madrid and then the next day we had half a day before we flew out and it was again cold and rainy but we were able to just walk around it was beautiful i I wish we could have stayed longer. I want to go back. It was it was magical. And they were setting up for Christmas and everything was going to be all lit up and I wanted to stay so bad. But we did go to breakfast. We waited too long to get breakfast. So it was just Roy and me. Danny took off by himself. And so Roy and I were walking around exploring and I was, we were both really hungry. We're looking for a place with breakfast. Well, we couldn't read any of the men- menus. They didn't have them in English. And we really wanted like eggs and bacon. Like we wanted hearty American food. We were hungry and we wanted like, we wanted eggs and bacon. We didn't want a, a croissant and a coffee. We want friggin' breakfast. And all these places we go into, they didn't have it. And so... We turn a corner and we see this little cafe and on the sign is pictures of eggs and bacon and sausage and stuff. So we walk in, we sit down and they have a menu and there's like a number one, a number two and a number three, like specials. And I wanted the number one. It was eggs and um, uh, hot dogs. <laughs> but And then I also wanted, everybody said when you go to Spain, you need to try a real Spanish tortilla, which is the egg and potato like thing that gets cooked in a skillet so our waiter comes over just kind of slams down what do you want you know in spanish and so i point at the number one i want this and then i just want a tortilla and he's like no you want this or this i, I couldn't he wouldn't let me get both it was one or the other i was like but i, I want this and then i want he's like no so uh okay so i ordered the number one and i was like the whole time i was like he yelled at me he was not nice he just wanted to get me in and get up. So I get this meal. It's two eggs. It's a hot dog, French fries, a yogurt, and a coffee. And I'm like, I just, I just, I just wanted the eggs and I wanted one of them tortilla things. But no, I was not allowed to order it. 
I would have had to order a whole other breakfast. In hindsight, I should have just done that. But the whole time I was like, he, he, he yelled at me. He was mean to me. And Roy's like, it's fine. He's just busy. I'm like, no. It hurt my feelings so bad. It was the weirdest sensation. Like, I've never had, like, my feelings hurt. Like, I'm, he was so rude. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to return this with kindness. So while we were eating, I folded him an origami crane. And I set it there by as on the little thing with our payment and a receipt. And then we got up to pay. And then he came back and bust our table. And he just threw that right away. Just right away. He was a cold-hearted human. Anyway, that's my breakfast story. Um, anyway, and then we came home the end. It was an amazing trip. <laughs> it was an amazing trip. And um, I said, no, I'm never doing a marathon again. I don't care if you want to go to Rome and do a marathon. I'm never doing it again. I'm so sore. That was a horribly difficult thing. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. I'm not doing it again. And um, yeah, so we're doing the Rome marathon. It's in March. It's pretty much a done deal. We started training for it on Monday. <laughs> Roy wants to do it. Like he, we had to walk so much of this marathon. He really wants to run a whole marathon and the Rome one is flat. It should be much easier. We have more time to train. So he wants to redeem that experience. And I'm not just going to go along and watch. That would be so dumb. So I guess I'm doing a fourth marathon or whatever. I'm not excited about the actual running, but I think it's going to be cool to finish in the Coliseum. So that's the plan. Oh, failed to mention when we were in Athens, we decided that we needed to get tattoos. The three of us were going to get matching tattoos. So I designed this really cool tattoo of an olive branch, like the little laurel, and then 42.195 um, in the branch because it's 42.195 kilometers. So we went and found a tattoo place and Danny chickened out. He didn't want one, but Roy and I got them. And it's so cool. It, I'm not a big fan of, of doing tattoos um, sporadically or like spontaneously, but this it means so much. It was such a big day in my life. It was a big day in our relationship. And I know it's beautiful. So got got tatted up in Athens. Again, I wouldn't recommend getting a tattoo on a whim, nor would I recommend doing it in a foreign, in another city, much less a foreign country. But it was a legit place. They had won a bunch of awards. They were super, like, it was a great place. And this tattoo, honestly, I've got several tattoos. This is the easiest healing tattoo ever it didn't it didn't do anything it just it looks the same right now as it did the moment it was done it never peeled it never scabbed never blistered was never sore was never red it's just like the most it was crazy it hurt like a mother I have never had a tattoo that hurt this bad when he was doing it I I was like are you kidding me it was so painful but it's worth it if it healed perfectly and it looks beautiful so and it covered this one, uh, this one freckle up that I kind of didn't like. Not that I would have done anything about it, but anyway. So there you have it. There's the Athens story. Um, oh, and for those of you that might want to know, based on my other um, story about this, I did not have to stop to use the porta potty. Um, we had no gut issues, so I think because I stopped worrying about it because I didn't even think I was going to run, my body was like, no, I'm all right. So. There was no bathroom issues. There was no sickness issues. Just a lot of pain issues. But we did it. And we have our medals and the experience burned on our souls forever. So, yay. There you have it. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. 
I'm so excited you're here. If you want to interact with me, go ahead and send me an email, Kristen at kristensmithonline.com. Follow me on Instagram, The Kristen Experience, and make sure you share this podcast with a friend. That's all I have for you today. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next time here on Destination Begin.